Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Catfish Corner Special Trade Edition here uh, at the Tennessean. I am Tommy Dees. This is... Paul Scarbina still. Who covers the Predators for us. And um, before we talk about Catfish, I don't even know if we're going to talk about Catfish. Let's talk about trades. Yeah, they made two today. Nothing major, but two necessary pieces. I, I think the uh, the slogan should be, uh, go big or go home. They got two. Uh, they got Brian Boyle from uh, New Jersey, a big, big body guy who has a lot of postseason experience and uh, has a kind of a, a, a backstory to him too. has has cancer and is in remission. But on the ice, he's, he figures to be a physical force for them, which they uh, severely lack. I think these two trades are both um, geared directly toward the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, this is the Predators acknowledging the fact that they're small, and if they don't want to go home early, they better get some size. Uh, Cody McLeod, who I think this will be his technically third time around with the predators i don't think he'll probably play a ton he leads the i just i just learned this uh, this is great about being new on a beat you learn a lot of things that i don't know all the history and take things for granted but um he has something like 1063 penalty minutes um since he came up with colorado in 2007 i think which is the most among active players in the league um so he's a guy who you know so when they start the games will he just go sit in the penalty box while the other ones are in the well, i think he might earn the penalty first <laughs> but they went out and got a guy who's who's kind of you know that's kind of in the mold of Zach Ronaldo who's having season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, didn't play a lot, but has he's a guy on the roster that can go out there and, and um, be a uh, a bodyguard of sorts uh, if necessary. Um, you know, and and a great you know, and these things are often lost on people and sometimes lost on me, but a great locker room guy from what I'm told. So um, I, I wouldn't. Well, David Poyle said today that. If he went into the postseason with this roster, he'd be okay with that. I don't think he's done making moves. Um, I think there might be something else up his sleeve. And he also said, you know, a lot of teams that he's talked to have brought up owning a, a first-round pick and a prospect. Um, so, you know, he's not. A, he said he's not opposed to doing that if, if, if that's what it takes to get a rental. So I think there'll be more to come. But today, uh, while the news may seem underwhelming, that happens a lot when you have a roster that is pretty much already set. Uh, they're not going to go out and get a PK Subban or a Roman Yossi or a, a Kyle Turris or a you know a guy like that. Because um, they already got those. Guys. They already have those guys. Um, it doesn't mean they won't go out and get what I would like to think probably is like a second tier guy who's going to you know provide some more depth and and you know are they going to go out and get Panarin? I highly highly doubt it. But I think there'll be another move down the line that that uh, could help them in the in the long run. And this is all about the playoffs. Yeah, and let, let, let's examine this from a couple of different angles. I mean, from from what I've seen, and I've I've seen a few games now. Um, I would say these uh, moves definitely improved the roster from where they were at the minute they made it because there there was a lack of physicality that is needed, especially as you go into a postseason. So I think they're a better team today 
when these guys are on the ice, probably not that they're key major pieces that are going to move you from fourth best to first best or whatever you want to say they are, but, but they add an element they didn't have. Well, they add an element that they just lost and that's Austin Watson. And that's the the, the key in all of this. I think that, that triggered the, especially the Boyle move is losing Austin um, indefinitely. I, whether or not he comes back this season, who knows? It's, it's, not you know i don't i don't know what the likelihood of it is but just in case he doesn't um and i suspect that he might not uh boyle is kind of the guy who comes in and takes his place physically imposing good on the and 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 here's something that you know david said and boyle said in passing to not in passing today but it was something that didn't stand out when he said it when i when i listened back to it it really stood out to me uh, a real indictment on their power play. So Boyle has six power play goals this year, um, more than any other. And, and David Nashville pointed out barely has six goals on the power play and, this and, year. And, and David pointed out pretty directly that's more than anybody on our team has. <clears throat> it's clearly a problem that they are they don't like to have. It's clearly a problem that's been lingering. Yes, they scored out. They they broke their streak. Yes, last night um, they were over thirty. I think it was before Forsberg scored and then wore a boxer's robe after which you would have really appreciated Tommy but I should have been there I was at the game by the way we'll talk about that a little bit but so so they you know they broke the drought but that doesn't fix the problem now the the power play has looked better lately to to the eye and if you look at the advanced metrics it tells you that they're getting better chances Um, but it's still a problem that they needed to address uh, you know last night notwithstanding and, you know, I think David Poyle has been very good from, from the research I've done and, and the little bit I know. He's always been very good about addressing a team's needs. And he, th- this team, while it doesn't have a lot of needs, its needs are very, very, very evident. Uh, size being one of them, you know, play on the power play being another. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I look at Boyle as replacing Watson. Now, Watson's a lot younger and a little more dynamic than Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle also has played in 111 career postseason games. He's been in two Stanley Cup finals. He, you know, is always around. A lot of his career has been spent around winning teams, winning cultures. That isn't is an intangible that you can't always measure. But yeah, and and we we know this more about the other. He may be a good locker room guy too. That would be you would think he would be to have been around so much. Well, and a guy like Cody McLeod is he, he's a guy who you know teams you love to have him on your team. You hate when he's on the you hate him when he's on the other team because he's just that kind of a player. So in fact. We, we asked Boyle today about uh, Brian Boyle, not David Boyle. We asked Brian Boyle about, you know, what he knows about Cody. And he said, I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him that doesn't include swear words. Because <laughs> these two apparently have gone at it a few times in the past. Um, but again, you know, I think, you know, on the surface, they don't, they don't look like very overwhelming moves. But these are the kind of moves that you make to ensure that when the playoffs get here, that you have, you know, not only the experience, which I think can be overrated, um, but you also have, uh, you know, the, the players who, you know, you're addressing needs. And that, you know, the, the size thing is a big – it was very evident in the playoff series last year um, between these two teams. And, and the, let's face it, the Predators roster isn't much different. Now, here's the other thing I'm looking forward to is seeing – is seeing Brian Boyle, who's six foot six, playing on the same line with Rocco Grimaldi, who's I, I five foot there. six. I want to be there for that. Um, so – He's well, basically two Rocco Grimaldi's. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to watch. And Rocco, by the way, is um, – I, I think I, I might have been on the radio yesterday that, that David said, you know, Rocco – he can, he told Rocco he can go ahead and buy a buy a house in Nashville because he's not going to be going anywhere. And I, I had told Rocco a week or so ago, I said, Rocco, you're, gonna, you're about to get paid, buddy. 
And he's look at Rocco's earned it. He's the, he's the, the the prototypical fourth line grinder who I, I I tweeted last night. I love watching this guy play hockey. I mean, it's just fun to watch this guy play, and not just because he's five foot. He just never ever stops. So you you're bringing you know these guys in when you make trades. You always chemistry can is always an issue, right? Because these guys are are tight throughout the year and they hang out and they fight and they they laugh together and you bring new guys into the equation at this time of the year they have to be able to fit in because that can wreck a room too so uh by all accounts both of these guys um i'd mentioned brian had cancer um it's in remission he's uh won bill masterton award for you know for dedication to hockey and going through all that and by all accounts cody is another locker room guy and i go back to when i was covering the cubs about david ross who's like a career 200 hitter and is a catcher a backup catcher who it was so such a huge part of the Cubs winning the World Series. So these kind of guys are important, whether or not that shows up on the stat sheet. Yeah, and and the other thing you mentioned is that they, you're bringing in a guy who has a proven good track record on the power play, which is a glaring weakness. Um, and if you're going to make a move to fill the the hole that Austin Watson loved, but getting a big physical guy is part of that. But getting a guy who can actually – help you be better than you were with him on the power play has to be a big plus. And Austin, Austin's, um, I'm not trying to denigrate Austin no, at no, all. No, not, but, but Austin, I think it, it, his contribution on special teams is more in the penalty kill. He was really good on the penalty kill for right. them. Um, so losing him hurts on, on, on that aspect of it, but you know what? They're middle of the pack on the penalty kill. Their penalty kill, penalty kill is not costing them games. Their power play has cost them games. So, um, addressing that need certainly will help. And, you know, look, the, Austin was also – you don't, don't discount this. Austin was – you could argue Austin was their best player in the first round of the playoffs last season um, against, I believe it was Colorado. Uh, so, you know, you, there, there, there could be a time where they're, they're going to miss him. But, again, you know, all that is, is secondary to, to yeah, his well-being and, and all that. And that's why I hate even talking about the stuff. But just the on-ice the on stuff in terms of replacing him, look, it's a business. And the way we're talking about this is no different than if he had, you know, had a, a knee injury. Right. He's not in the lineup is, is the way I'm addressing it. Right. And, th- and that's the way they have to look at it as well. And so, you know, and I, I guess I over-clarify that sometimes because it's just – that's a thing with me. I just – I don't want to sound insensitive because, you know, we all hope that Austin and his family get better. But this is not about that. So, um, you know, look, I think you're right. I think they, they did get better. Um, but it's not necessarily, you, you know – are they going to? You know, I don't think it matters where they end up in the standings. They're going to, you know, it's going to be them in Winnipeg in the playoffs. That's just, you know, we can almost guarantee that those teams are going to meet in the playoffs. One of those Predators two. Need to prepare one of those that. two is going to go past that round and very likely contend. I think for the Stanley Cup. It, so, it, so you have to be able to get past each of them. Have to be looking across the standings, so to speak, at each other and say. Yeah, they got a couple of games. I guess two left in the regular season against each other, and those will be good measuring sticks. Um, and, and I don't know how much they play poker and don't want to show their hands, but I think Nashville would probably like to go out next time they play Winnipeg and put a little more physical presence out there to tell Winnipeg, "Hey, you know those guys you pushed around a few weeks ago? Well, we're not those guys anymore." Well, and that's the thing too. Exactly what you just said is. You know, a one-off game during the regular season is a whole different story than a seven-game series where you're playing each other every other day for as many, you know, two weeks and you just see the same team over and over for two weeks. That's a whole different dynamic. And that's why hockey playoffs are so different, I think, than a lot of other sports. Um, 
the dynamics of a, of, a, of a series can change. You know, the, the Predators, I think, handled the Winnipeg pretty well the first time they played them, and then they got handled the last time they played them. I don't know how indicative any of that is when it comes down to playing the same team, for, seeing the same team for two weeks. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, – so last night the Tommy was at the game with his family and, uh, and significant other, significant other, and um, apparently had a pretty good time. Yes, had a great time. Um, thanks to Michael Anastasi, our boss here uh, in the newsroom at the Tennessean, who uh, had the um, the Tennessean's luxury suite or whatever you call those things, skybox. I don't think it's in the sky. Anyway, um, and I was able to get a few tickets to the game because occasionally they let him use those. Um, and uh, so my parents came up and my girlfriend uh, from Alabama. My girlfriend had been to hockey games, uh, like in Birmingham, minor league hockey and I don't think she goes back all the way to the World Hockey League Association League, whatever, um, when Birmingham had a team. But they've had teams there off and on. She's been to hockey games. She always liked it. Um, but my parents had never been to a hockey game. I doubt they'd even watched a hockey game on TV before. But your dad was pumped yesterday. Yes, he was. My but dad, Before go ahead. the game even started. I mean, you know, he, they were, I went and saw them in the suite before the game started. And his dad, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was the first intermission. He was just amped. And I didn't get a chance to go back and see him after because I was just I was sitting there. I was wondering to myself, man, like this was a pretty exciting game. I wonder how nuts he's going now, like in his and in, in your mom and everything. Yeah, my dad was actually looking up the standings and and to you know his he's decided he's a predator. So we're in second place, is what he told me. Um, but you know, my dad's probably never looked at hockey standings before in his life. But he wanted to do his homework and uh, see see what he was going to. And we talked a lot. He asked me a lot of questions about the team and everything. But mom. Dad was was more chill during the game than mom was. Mom got into all the chants. Um, and Nashville scored five goals. And if you've been to a Predators game, you know, there's some chants that go along with that, including my mom and others um, chanting at the Arizona goalie, um, it's all your fault. And um, she thought that was hilarious. She got into it. She bought into it. Um, got my girlfriend a custom jersey. She wanted PK, so she got that. Sounds, uh, I told I told you a bit that her her and my my seven year old should hang around because right. he's uh, he, he's got his PK PK jersey still going strong. But it, it was also my first time to be there, not as a journalist, and I wasn't jumping up and down cheering, but I was enjoying it from from more of a fan perspective to see it, you know, kind of as a product. I wasn't worried about keeping notes or or keeping up with who scored or anything like that, or you know, making sure I'm making a deadline. I was able to watch, you know, all the pregame and kind of how they do that and everything. And it, it is just a great entertainment uh, product that they put on the floor. And a different perspective. And, and, and on, a, on, on another note, last Oh, and there was a guy in the box next to us who was a really loud and obnoxious Arizona fan until about the middle of the second period, and I never heard another peep from him. Um, on another note, last night during the game, a uh, 10-year-old boy was hit by a puck, um, taken, to the, taken to a local hospital for x-rays as a precautionary measure. I learned today that he's back home. And um, Roman Yossi had flipped a hit a hit the puck over the over the boards behind the penalty box and it hit this kid. And um, from all accounts, the kid is okay right now. I don't know what that means for the future, but right now he's back home. Um, he's going to be going to another. It was his first hockey game, so I, I guess either he'll remember it or he he's won't. Either traumatized <laughs> for life or he's a fan for life. But he's been invited back. He's gonna he's gonna meet Roman. Uh, Roman said he's gonna. Roman said after the game last night he's gonna make up to the kids. So. Um, Hopefully, right now is you know for all we know, the, the, everything seems to be okay with him. So that's good news. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait for the next 
couple of weeks and see what else happens uh, with the with the trade deadline and, and the playoffs are coming soon. Yeah, what what would you look for if you're David Poyle um, to close this out? What would you look for if you're David Poyle? You got you're going to make one more move for the playoffs, and you got what two weeks and change to do it. I mean, I always I. I I think their defense is pretty is really good, um, and their their top six forwards <clears throat> are really good. I think Kyle Turris coming back soon is going to help. I still I I think you can never add enough scoring. I think you can never add enough offensive threats. And uh, so if I'm him, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to get a guy who you know you don't trying to get a guy who's not afraid afraid to play in front of the net, but you know somebody who's another threat offensively because in the playoffs you're not going to win if you don't score. And you know they. They have guys who are capable, but I don't think you could ever have too many. Yeah, and and I, th- I thought, you know, mentioning the defense, I thought they had uh, two really, really, really good penalty kills um, last night against Arizona where they literally possessed the puck longer than Arizona did on two penalty kills. They did, and, and you know, like their penalty kills, you know, not bad. And I think they – I think they Forsberg scored that goal right off of the – right after the they were down to three, three on five and killed those two penalties – and I noticed Ryan Ellis a lot last night. Ryan Ellis has had, probably had a subpar season by his own standards. Um, last night, several times, was very noticeable. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But for, for right now, uh, they're, they're trying to get better, and we could be back doing this again sooner than we think if they make another trade. Right, and um, that's a good time to close it out here on the Catfish Corner. Bring your catfish to the next game and throw it on the ice. Um, I, I challenge all of you. T- Tommy wants to see it because he doesn't believe it. I don't believe it.